It's our last episode of 2020, and fittingly, we're going to close out the year talking about the most important part of our sales game, closing, and the psychology behind successfully closing the deal and winning more business as you head into 2021, next on Sales is King. Can you feel it? 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sales is King. Just wanted to knock your socks off with that intro music, get you juiced up, pumped up for our last episode of 2020. What a year it's been. Crazy, crazy, crazy times. But hopefully you've navigated successfully as all of the top performers do. They figure out a way to pivot. They figure out a way to overcome obstacles and get back to the top, get into the goal line, get the ball over the goal line, meet your numbers, beat your numbers, do well financially, and continue to be successful. Because not everything is easy, particularly in sales. Economic times um, go up and down and fluctuate. Customer needs change, and this is certainly a cataclysmic upheaval to the economy that we're dealing with as we move into 2021. And I know many of you have said, wow, man, I can't wait to get to 2021. And, um, but, you know, I'm here to say that 2021 is not going to be any different for you if you don't do things differently, okay? And just because the calendar changes to January 1st doesn't mean shit. You've got to be all over yourself, all over changes, all over understanding the marketplace, all over improving, evolving, and trying to make yourself better each and every day in a consistent fashion. And giving ourselves a pass for 2021 is the worst thing you can do. I'm sorry, giving yourselves a pass for 2020 is the worst thing you can do going into 2021. No way. You can't give yourself a pass. If you didn't do well, You've got to look in the mirror and say, what do I need to change? Because these type of economic conditions um, and the changes that are being brought on could be permanent. So if you haven't figured out the new way to operate, to get more business, to win more deals, to overcome obstacles, then you need to take a step back and figure out what you need to do to improve and succeed in 2021. And when we think about success in sales, obviously it all comes down to the art, the science of the close, right? Finalizing the deal because everything we do is going to be for naught if we don't get the deals signed and in the door. So your closing skills have to be sharp 
They have to be constantly evolving and improving. Just like, you know, if you're riding a bike, if you're training for a marathon, if you're lifting weights and want to get stronger, things that happen physically, right? You have to continue to work at them daily, you know, on a day in and day out basis. The same with your closing skills, with your selling skills. So I want to go through what I'm calling today the psychology of closing because there's a lot to the mental part of closing um, that's going to be critical. Um, it's a module that I do with a, a number of my uh, coaching clients and, and, and sales teams that I work with. Um, and I want to walk you through it today as we end out 2020 on a high note, hopefully, and move into 2021. And, you know, just a quick note of thanks to all of you. This is our third year of the podcast. I know many of you listen each and every episode, um, and you've sent me comments and, and told me how much you appreciate and enjoy it. And I just want to thank you so much for your input and your participation. Um, and again, encourage all of you who are listening, if you like this show, um, forward it on to your friends, get them to subscribe. Uh, definitely write us a review, rate us, because that gets us a little more visibility. Um, and for me, it's all about trying to help more people. Um, I'm not looking to make money with this podcast, although um, I have. <laughs> but uh, it has really been more of a byproduct than um, an actual goal. Uh, for me, it's about helping as many salespeople and business people as I can. And at the same time, this podcast has been helpful for me because as I prepare for the shows and as I interview guests, I learn um, and I improve as well. So let's get into the program today. Let's start to walk through things. Um, you know, and before I do that, I do want to encourage you to, you know, um, follow as many people as you can on social media for, for not only sales, but for motivation and for learnings. There's so many, I just, there's an amazing group, uh, of people out there that I follow, um, and, um, you know, I think on the next episode um, or in the notes, I'm going to put out a list of people. But just off the top of my head, from a motivational and a learning perspective, Ed Milet, M-Y-L-E-T-T, -T, has, I think, the number one business podcast um, out there. He interviews great people. His story is amazing. He's gone from nothing to everything. Um, and he brings on people... Um, that just are just super motivating. Um, so I love him. Um, I love, you know, on the sales side, Grant Cardone. He will challenge the heck out of you. Bradley, L-E-A, is another favorite of mine. Um, and there are just great folks out there. So find the people, you know, Gary V, uh, Gary Vanerchuk. Find them, listen to them. They motivate you. I wish I had them at the beginning of my career, early in my career. And I want to encourage you guys to follow um, those folks. Um, so, you know, let's talk about the psychology of closing. Because if we can't close business, then we're not going to be successful. We're not going to be in sales very long. And we're just going to be part of this vast morass, this faceless sea of mediocre sellers that's out there. Um, and we don't want that. 
you know, we want to be in the elite group. We want to be in the top 1%. Um, and if you're in the top 1%, we want to get to the top half percent. We want to figure out how to double and triple our income, um, how to take it to the next level. There's no end. There's no ceiling to achievement uh, when we think about this, right? We have to think about constantly improving. And we don't want mediocrity because the vast... Um, majority of sellers are mediocre. And, you know, I've talked about this quite often, but, you know, the easiest thing we can control is effort. And you can get better in selling just by working harder um, and putting more time and effort in because you're going to get those loose balls that are on the court. You're going to pick them up. You're going to get a couple of rebounds, a couple of tip-ins, a couple of putbacks, as we call them in the NBA. Um, you know, so hustle and drive and mental sharpness and, and just, you know, caring is going to be key. The more you care about your game, yourself, your client, improving, working at it, you're going to get better, incrementally so. If you get incrementally better each day over the course of a year, over the course of two or three years, just think about what that's going to do for you as a seller, and what that's going to put in your pocket, and the number of wins that, that it's going to put on the scoreboard for you. So think about that um, as you move into 2021. Closing separates those who have from those who don't have. Closing separates those who have from those who don't have. And that's a quote from Grant Cardone. Um, and I love it. You know, you close the deal, you win. You don't close the deal, you lose. We talk about, and I've talked about this um, in some of my blog posts, but selling versus closing, right? Selling is everything we're doing from the very beginning, the research, the discovery, right? The pitching, the follow-up, the emails, the phone calls, the, the orders, right? The edits, the decks, the quarterbacking, the bringing in the right people, you know, um, the talking your buyers off the ledge, right? All of this is selling. But closing is being able to wrap it up, being able to get that deal in the door, being able to understand the customer's process, being able to understand where the money is, right? Where the budget is, helping the prospect find it. Getting the deal in the door on your timeline as well, okay? Um, recommending, encouraging, prescribing. But then at the end of the day, telling the prospect what you want them to do. I've talked about this many times. Telling the prospect what you want them to do, what you want them to do. Asking for the business, right? And you're like, oh man, you know, how many times have I heard this, Dan? You know, um, everybody says, asking for the business. Yeah, okay, great. But guess what? A lot of people just don't. They don't ask. They expect things to just happen. You know, I've put this in a position for it to be, um, you know, a, a potential win. But no, you have to do more than that. You have to be um, so proactively engaged and so connecting every dot and so not leaving anything for chance that you're going to assure your chance of succeeding, okay? 
selling versus closing. And what are some of the skills? What are some of the things that are needed when we think about closing? Um, and there are definitely a few words that come to mind for me. Um, let's, let's, let's go through them now. Number one, respect, right? Your buyer needs to respect you um, and what you're bringing to the table, your service, your, your um, outstanding subject matter expertise, your outstanding customer experience, um, your outstanding personal connection with the buyer. They have to respect you if they're going to buy from you. So you have to establish that respect. Um, and you do that through all of the touch points, through all of the engagement with the prospect. Um, respect is critical. Take a step back today in your deals. Is the buyer, do they respect you? Or are they ghosting? Ghosting is not respect. And ghosting means you have not demonstrated value and you're not doing a good job on the account. You may think the buyer is an asshole. You may think they're, uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They're not getting back to you. No, you've got to put it on yourself and you've got to say, I'm being accountable. I have not, I'm not doing a good job on this deal or this is not a good prospect and I'm wasting my time. But putting it on the buyer or the prospect is not going to help you succeed. Next, credibility. You need to bring credibility to the table. Um, you have to be a subject matter expert. You have to be a thought leader, a strategic advisor, um, a storyteller, um, someone who has done this, someone who commands respect, but also brings credibility, right? Thought leaders bring credibility. Podcasters bring credibility. Bloggers bring credibility. Um, those that write articles, those that speak, those that write books, those that have a great social media profile, but they bring credibility. Those that are posting and commenting, that are creating original content, those people, those reps are bringing credibility. Do you have credibility with your buyer? That's for you to know, but you need it. Next, persistence. I'm sorry, guys, but you know this is a tried and true quality and characteristic of a successful seller, a successful closer. Persistence. You've got to be all over it. And just because the prospect or the buyer hasn't answered you doesn't mean that they don't care or that they're not still interested. Persistence. Follow-up. But not just pestering. Following up with value, right? Following up for what's in it for the buyer. Persistence for them. You're, you're persisting to get them the solution. You know, and that's the whole backdrop of all of this, guys. It's all about the prospect. It's all about the buyer. When you put the mentality, when you get into the headspace that this is about the buyer and not you, then you're going to be more successful. Then you're going to be less nervous. Then you're going to be all over this because you're trying to make them successful. Yes, it's about us. It's about our deals. It's about our being successful and our bank accounts and all that good stuff. But initially and in the forefront of your mind, it's got to be about helping, about solving problems, about making the buyer successful. So yes, be persistent because you're trying to help them get that solution and reach their goal. 
And no one else is going to do it but you. You know, you can't sit back. No, like Grant Cardone says, no one's going to knock on the door and give you the, 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 the check. <laughs> you know, you got to go out there and grab it. It's tough. And that's why we're in sales. If you don't like this, man, you got to be do something else. But there's great risk. There's great reward. There's great angst and hand wringing. And, you know, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough role. But think about persistence in terms of the prospect. Think about persisting to get them their success. Not about persisting to get your deal in the door or to make your number, right? Nobody cares about that. The buyer doesn't care. Cool. Um, assertiveness. So how is that different than persistence? Um, I think they're very closely related. I think asserting yourself um, gives me a little bit more the, 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 the word leader, right? Asserting yourself, um, being more proactive, um, being more of a self-starter, taking the lead, putting yourself out there, sending out some, some value-focused material, right? Keeping the ball up in the air, that's being assertive. Sending an article, um, sending something, a blog post, the latest from your CEO or their CEO or something about their competition. You know, it's assertiveness, it's creativity. It's keeping the balls in the air, keeping the deal moving forward at all times, advancing the deal by being assertive. And then the last one, um, in terms of some of these traits and skills and thoughts, confidence. You never can lose confidence. When you lose confidence, you've lost it all. If you're not confident in the deal, well, shit, why should the buyer be confident? If I'm not making them confident, then I'm not doing my job. I'm so confident in myself and my solution that I'm all over. My confidence is just all over the deal. And the buyer is going to get confident listening to me. Okay, because, you know, certainly selling is a team sport. You're bringing people to the table. You're bringing in the subject matter experts and the technical folks and what have you. But the closing is really mono, it's one-on-one, -on -one. you know? It's you and that buyer. And you have to be confident. You have to be confident so the buyer can be confident to push it over the goal line, to, to hit the button, to sign the check. Confidence is critical as you move forward. And there's one last one. It's taking responsibility by being accountable. If a deal doesn't close, it's on you. Just like the win is on you, just like the closed deals are on you, the losses are on you. That's how the successful people get even more successful. If I did not close a deal, it's on me. Okay, as much as you want to blame, you know, the competition dropped their shorts and or whatever, the economy, you know, COVID. How many times have we heard that all year? COVID. Okay, yeah, we get it. It's, it's rough out there. But, you know, there's adversity everywhere. People are still doing business. Money is still being exchanged. Checks are still being written. 
figure out how to do it. Come on. Everyone loses if you don't close. Everyone loses if you don't close. Not only do you lose, your boss loses, your company loses, your bank account loses, but also on the other side of the coin, the other side of the table, the buyer loses. They don't get their solution. They don't solve their problem. They don't move forward with their goals. So there's so much riding on it, it's not even funny. Closing is about getting the buyer to take action, okay? It's about getting the buyer to take action. When you want them to take action, right? We talk about selling urgency. Talked about this a lot in the last few episodes. They're not going to take action if you don't sell urgency. If you don't take the challenge that they're trying to solve and push it up to the top of their critical to-do list, then the deal's not going to happen on your timeline. It's going to drag, okay? And when deals drag, you don't make money and you don't win. So getting the buyer to take action, selling urgency, selling the risk of not fixing their problem. Think about that again. Selling the risk of not fixing their problem. Mr. Buyer, if you don't solve this, it will cost you ABC. Or the following things may happen to your organization or to your job, etc. The competition may get a leg up. All that good stuff um, is super important. And remember, closing is an exchange. Closing is not just about you. It's about the buyer as well. They give you money. You give them a valuable solution or you give them valuable expertise on ways of solving their problem. So it's very simply put. But again, I'm trying to get you out of the mindset of just me. You know, like, oh, I got to get this deal. I got to get this deal. I got to, you know. No, it's about the buyer too. It's an exchange. They're getting this valuable piece of information or they're getting this valuable product. Um, they're getting the keys to growing or winning in 2021. You have to think about it as an exchange. Okay, how are we doing so far? Um, you know, there's been so much said about Buyers are researching online. They don't want to deal with salespeople. There's so much information. They can do all of this great research. And I know, the, I know that the research says that, you know, a lot of buyers want to, um, you know, just buy stuff online, click a button. I don't want to deal with the salespeople. But the reality is, um, and I've said this before, there's just too much damn information out there. Um, and it's not always clear. You know, that's the other research that, that, that's out there. The marketing, the marketing materials are subpar. It doesn't answer the questions. It's not personalized more times than not. And the buyers need help. So I contend moving into 2021 that there's going to be more need, more need for sellers and sales expertise. More buyers coming to you to say, help me navigate. What should I buy? I don't understand this. You know what I'm trying to say here? So there's going to be more 
need for your expertise. And at the end of the day, while buyers research online, the deals don't close themselves, okay? The deals don't close themselves. Sellers close deals. Sellers close deals. Good sellers close deals. Deals do not close themselves. When the deal close, when the deals close, the buyer gains, your company gains, the seller gains, you the seller, and you each are creating value. You've created value for your company, for yourself and your family, for your buyer and their company, for your buyer's family, potentially, right? And when we think about this online research, um, you know, and buyers, you know, going to the websites, going to social media, oftentimes buyers think they know what they want, but they don't. They need your help. You may have to reframe. That's another, that's another key element of successful closers. They reframe the buyer's um, path, the buyer's journey. They may be driving down this road. They think they need this, but an elite closer, an elite seller can take a step back with the buyer and say, no, wait a minute. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Why are you doing this? Why do you believe you need this? Tell me what's happening um, that's led you here. You know, key questions, open-ended questions. Um, that are gonna get the buyer to talk to you and open up about their issues and challenges um, and give you an opportunity, as we said, to reframe um, and get them moving down the right path. Okay, so how do we get better at closing? Um, well, how do you get better at anything? You practice. Well, how, how do you practice closing? Um, you role play, you prepare, um, you know, you, you anticipate, right? I've seen many sellers, you know, um, just blindsided, thrown off, um, surprised, um, and, 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 and as a consequence wind up not closing because they're not prepared, um, because they haven't practiced. You can role play. You know, let's role play. Call me. Let's set up time. I'm happy to help you. I've done it with several of you um, and dozens of you guys um, and many, many teams um, since we started this podcast. But let's work on it. Let's work on it in sessions. You know, that's how you do it. Let's start to role play getting the buyer in the door, closing the deal. What language do you need to use? Um, come on. You know, it's critical. You've got to prepare. You've got to practice. Remember, I've talked about this many times. You know, we do a lot of the shepherding and the quarterbacking, which is going to be our job early on, and the discovery and the partnering and all of that. Um, it's all very important. But then we have to shift gears, put a different hat on, put our closing uniform on, you know, roll up our sleeves. Now we have to assert, recommend, I've used this word so many times, recommend. Here's what I recommend. Here's what our team is recommending. 
Here's why you need to do this. Um, here's why it's important now, okay? Um, very, very important. That's when you shift gears, and I think a lot of us have to, to understand when this change is taking place in the buying process, right? Um, we can't keep being the shepherd um, if it's closing time, right? It's now time to be the closer, okay? You've done all the work for two months, six months, eight months. Why waste it all by not shifting gears, putting on your closing helmet, and getting in there and mixing it up? and blasting that ball into the end zone. It's like driving all the way down the field and then just doing some absurd play or spiking the ball or fumbling it away um, nervously. Why do that? Why, why waste all that time? Why waste all that time with the emails and the follow-up and the you know all that shit? Why waste it? If you can't put on the uniform, knock heads, assert, lead, recommend, close. Ask. Tell them what to do. This is, this is the crux of it, guys. Um, this is the crux of it. And this is the psychology of it. And it's imperative that we get to this place um, as we think about 2021. Again, you need help, buzz me, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. So there's the assumptive close, right? We've talked about these. Um, you're assuming that things are going to go forward. For example, Bob, when we kick things off with you, we're going to be setting up A, B, C, D, E. Bob, after the kickoff, which we should wind up scheduling, does it make sense to schedule that? Excellent. Um, we're going to have our team is going to be engaging. It's going to be led by... John Q. Public and his team, and they're going to come in, and, and, and we paint a picture for the buyer of what's going to happen. You're assuming this is a deal. You know, we're talking about the future. It's, it's already happening, the assumptive close. You know, um, Jane, when our team begins helping you grow your community, you're going to see A, B, C, D, E, F, G results, similar to the story we told you about company A, B, C the assumptive close. Okay? Then there's the trial close. My buddy Jerry Acuff loves this one. Um, and, you, and, you know, go back a couple of episodes. We had him in there um, interviewing with us. Um, sounds to me like this is something that you will benefit from, that you and your team will benefit from. Do I have that right? Put it out there. You got to know. Right? If we, you know, we, I'd rather, we'd rather know no six months ago, right? Three months ago. Take it out of the damn CRM. We've had enough. They're, they're out. They're, they're imposters. They're not, they're not buyers. Sounds to me like this is something that will benefit you and your team. Do I have that right? The next close, the James Muir perfect close. If you haven't read the book, get it. James was on our show. Um, he's outstanding. A uh, good friend of mine and a great thought leader. Does it make sense is his perfect close. Does it make sense to get this kickoff scheduled? Does it make sense 
to get you the paperwork. Does it make sense um, to line up the teams and, and get the kickoff going, right? You're asking them if it, if it makes sense. They're not rejecting you. That's the other thing. Everyone's like, oh my God. They're rejecting, if they reject you, in this case, they're rejecting the timing. And it gives you a perfect follow-up question. Oh, okay, great. It doesn't make sense. So tell me, A, when it will make sense, or B, what do we have to do to get to that place, right? What do we have to do? What other checkboxes do we need to work on with you um, before we get to that step, right? So if they say, yes, does it make sense? Yes, then you schedule the kickoff. Yes, then you get them the paperwork, okay? If they say no, then you say, okay, what would be our best next step? And you'll know. But that all comes with asserting yourself. It all comes with leading, asserting, asking, closing. Think about changing your clothes, putting on a different hat. It's a shift. It's a shift in the process. It's a shift in the mentality. We talked about selling with value. Um, we talked about removing risk. You know, removing risk is critical. Um, the buyers are worried. They're nervous. You have to take the risk out of the equation. You have to make it as less risk as possible to commit to you. Um, think about ways you can do that. You know, we've done some promotions that, that work that way. But, you know, I love flipping the script um, and handing the risk, turning the tables and turning the risk back on the buyer and showing them that, you know, the status quo is really the riskiest thing they can do today. Because, you know, the ship is taking on water here. And they need to move into this solution of yours pronto. Okay? We talked about creating urgency. We talked about um, the cost of inaction. Okay? Um, next, objections. You need to know the list of objections that come up now with your solution. Okay? You can't be surprised by these. You need to know each and every one of them that you hear day in, day out, and you need to know how to get around them. You need to know how to close the objections. You need to know how to flip the script. You need to know how to take them out of the way. Okay? You can't be sitting there with a deer in the headlights staggering backward when someone throws something at you and you're shocked like you've never heard it before. Or you're shocked like the buyer was just going to, you know, just sign up the, the instant they, they hear from you. Handle those objections. Um, we'll do a separate session on that. You know, tell the buyer why people do business with you. Why do people like to do business with you? Why have you, why do you have so many customers? You know, tell the stories. Talk about the successes. Talk about the, the, the buying experience. Have you set up a buying experience from the very beginning, from the very initial meeting to the post-sale experience, to the ongoing customer success, customer service? Um, tell the buyers why they should do business with you. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up shortly, but I want to go through the top reasons why sellers fail to close. The top reasons, I'm trying to remember where I got these. Um, some of them I might have made up myself, 
or I've just picked them up over the years. Number one reason, sellers don't close the deal. Number one, you don't ask. Simple, we talked about it. I don't even want to talk about it again. It's the easiest thing that you can do is ask for the deal. Number two, fold under pressure. They fold under pressure. They get so wrapped up in themselves, they start to question their own confidence and their own ability that they come across um, less than confident, shaky. And if I'm buying something from somebody and the, and the seller is shaky, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not working with them. Number three, they don't believe in themselves. Okay? You must believe in yourself, in your product, um, in your company in order to close business. Number four, they don't believe in their product or service. If you don't believe in what you're selling, get out. Find another company or find another profession. Number five, they underestimate the effort required and they subsequently wind up giving up too soon, right? Closing is hard. Closing requires a lot of effort, but closing becomes easier when you do all the things we're talking about today. When you do everything right from the beginning, closing becomes easier and more deals happen, but you can't underestimate the effort required. Number six, the seller doesn't raise the stakes. What do I mean by that? And we talked about this in an earlier episode. Brendan Burchard, if you haven't um, followed him, he's terrific. He's a thought leader. Um, and he talks about highly successful people in business, in sports today. And we talked about this on a prior episode. It's raising the stakes, right? It's like when you get to the plate in baseball, Bases are loaded, two outs. The stakes are raised. You need to get a hit, okay? So I'm the batter. I am raising the stakes, okay? I'm the quarterback. I'm on the five-yard line. Time's run out. I got one more play to win the game. That's raising the stakes. Basketball. I'm at the, foul, the free throw line. Everybody's off the court. I got to hit this. Time has expired in order to keep my team in the game. Raise the stakes, okay? Raise the stakes. So when you get on the phone for each and every call, raise the stakes. This is important because I know each and every call, if I do it well, leads to more business, more success. So I am going to raise the stakes. Um, he talks about Burchard in his book, how some of the successful athletes, um, they, they tie their end result to someone or something, you know? Um, Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson in the 90s in a shocking upset. He, he, he fought the fight for his mom who had just passed away. Um, he did it for his mom. You're doing it for your family, right? Many of us are doing it for our kids or our family, our wives, our husbands, right? Um, we're doing it for someone or something. We raise the stakes. We attribute our success to that person or that thing or that goal. Raise the stakes, number six. Number seven, why do sellers fail to close? No individual goals. 
flying blind, staggering through the year, um, not preparing, no goals, um, no financial goals, no, um, just not organized around goals. You have to have goals. Each day should have goals. Each year should have goals. Financial goals, personal goals, sales goals, business goals, right? Professional goals. The goal setters, the ones that write them down, perform better. Number eight, why sellers do not close. Ineffective at handling objections. We talked about this. When the objections come, it's like a pitch that you're, ready, that you're sitting on. You know, you're sitting on a curveball and it comes and you blast it over the fence. That's how you effectively handle an objection. You're waiting for it. Okay, you're guarding someone, you know their moves. They do the pump fake every single time. So you don't go for the fake. You're there, you're ready for it, and you block him from going around you. That's how you handle objections. Number nine, why do sellers fail to close? Not enough training. Okay, does your company give you sales training? Maybe they do. Is it enough? Do you have a coach? Okay, everyone, listen to me, guys. Everyone needs a coach. If you're in sales today and you don't have a coach, you're not going to be as successful as you can be. Find a coach. Find a coach. Not your boss. Could be your boss. Okay? But beyond your boss, who can be a coach? If your boss is coaching you successfully, then that's good. But most, most of the, the relationships with your, with your senior management and your direct bosses may not be enough. If you need good coaches, let me know. I'm a coach. I know many others that I can refer you to, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. Not enough training is number nine. And the last and number 10, and what we'll leave you with here as we move into the new year, the number 10 reason why sellers fail to close is they accept no decision. They accept no decision. I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's any such thing as no decision. I talked about this in one of my earlier podcasts. No decision, uh, yeah, no decision is a decision, and it's a loss. It's a, hey, I'm not buying, okay? That's the decision. The decision is we've made the decision to not buy your solution. So if you call it anything other than a loss, then you're fooling yourself. You're BSing yourself. Don't accept the no decision. Understand um, and ask the buyer to give you more details because basically they're stalling out. They're flaming out. They haven't heard enough value from you in order to sign the paperwork and move forward. So it's a perfect time to ask more questions, reframe, get back to the beginning, and help take them back through um, to the right course of the buyer's journey and get the deal in the door. So guys, it's been a really tough year. I hope all of you are healthy and safe. Um, I hope all of your families are okay. Um, I wish you nothing but good health and good success moving into 2021. I thank you again for your partnership, for your listenership, um, for all the recommendations that you've put in. 
to me. Uh, and again, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. I look forward to a great, successful, and healthy year in 2021. And I wish you guys nothing but the best. And I want you to go out and just kill it next year. Do it, man. Do it. Peace. Peace.